My Doctor Said What is a program for health information. Be careful that if you want treatment and diagnosis of disease, you need to go to your local health care provider. Hi, this is Dr. Frank with My Doctor Says What? I'm here to, in simple terms, explain what your health care provider has says in my health and wellness broadcast. This is episode 26. Can you believe it? Six months of healthy tips, tricks, and facts to help you live a healthier, better life on all major platforms. This podcast, my YouTube, my doctor says what? So let's do some fun facts before we dive into our topic of the day, which is going to be social media and health effects. Social media topic of the day. But before that, like I said, some fast facts. Uh, the VA has come out with some uh, new treatments for pain, and they called whole health pain management. It looks at exercise, diet, sleep patterns, reducing stress, and spirituality, whatever you define that is. But again, all those things together we know now function to increase or decrease pain levels through our neurotransmitters. So if you want to read more about that, look up the VA Whole Health Pain Management System. It's only available to VA uh, eligible patients, but if you read about it, your personal physician has a lot of those elements or healthcare provider, your PA or nurse practitioner, and they can help you with that if you want to manage pain because Managing pain with uh, prescription drugs like opioids and others is uh, good for extreme pain in short time periods, but they have a lot of side effects that are not good for long-term health, especially the chance for abuse or addiction. So with that, no, another new development, fairly new development, is for you ladies, especially that have denser breast tissue or have other issues that cause you to have difficulties with a normal mammogram with uh, getting good results is the 3D um, ultrasound mammogram. And you can talk to your healthcare provider about that. And uh, if you're eligible for that, it's a wonderful thing because it's a much more um, definitive picture of what's going on in the breast tissue for early detection of potential breast cancer. Something certainly worthwhile. And speaking of that, there is a new hot flash drug, fairly new, um, that is non-hormone-based therapy. So if you don't or can't or don't want to take um, drugs that are hormone-based, hormone replacement therapy during uh, after during premenopause or menopause, that seven to ten-year period of your forties to your fifties. Then this is a great alternative for the thermal regulation issues, which we normally call hot flashes. Uh, Vioza is a brand name, I believe, and you can look that up. And if you've got those issues, it may be a godsend for you because that thermal regulation issues are really tough. Some women only have it in their feet, some in their hands, some whole body, but it's very tough when you have the hormonal rush and changes. So this is a, a potentially great alternative. Um, then for those that have incontinence, uh, which at any age is a difficult situation, there's the levopelvic um, uh, 
treatment system. It, it is something that uh, can help you, and it's fairly easy. It's smartphone-based. If you look that up, the Love of Pelvic Health uh, app for incontinence, fairly non-invasive, can help you tremendously uh, through some biofeedback and that you can monitor on your smart, smartphone, and uh, that can really help with that. It's shown tremendous early results, so look that up. Uh, for more um, serious long-term health effects, if you have lung blood clots, which are a really serious problem, and hopefully you get to the root of the problem, but in the, in the interim, there's the Bashir catheter for uh, blood clots that can really it not only open up the uh, arteries in the um, lung, in the pulmonary system, but it can also deliver certain medications directly with a lot less side effects that really work well on those lung or pulmonary blood clots. Um, for men with prostate issues from benign prostate hyperplasia, which is about any man over 55, um, and on those with more serious with the uh, prostate cancer, there are so many treatments available now. And let me tell you, you know, the thing about a prostate is people say, well, what, what does it matter if it gets enlarged? You know, your, your urethra goes from your bladder, passes through the little tube through your prostate, and then it's joined by the, the um, certain glands that produce uh, fluid for semen. And that kind of forms a Y. They go through and come out the ureter of the penis, and then you can urinate or ejaculate or whatever. But urination for men, that's a problem when it squeezes that neck of that urethra shut. And that's when you have incontinence problems. You have weak stream and dribble after you're finished, you think. And it causes problems with thickening of the bladder wall. And it's very common. And you say, well, that seems easy to fix. Well, the problem is the prostate is shaped like a, well, it's kind of like a walnut sized, but it's shaped like a little ping pong ball, a little more heart shaped with the center of that having that urethra going through it. The outside capsule is tough tissue that doesn't have a lot of elasticity. And as it uh, grows from the insides when it pushes in and it's like a an orange or a basketball, it's got nowhere to go. So it pushes in on the urethra. Now they've got some wonderful techniques where they go up through the urethra and you, you can use um, uh, lasers, you can use certain thermal devices and that that specifically target that tissue inside the prostate and can remove it. And that provides a lot of relief of symptoms without a lot of the traditional side effects like incontinence or inability to ejaculate or retrograde ejaculation or erectile dysfunction not words any man wants to hear <laughs> so when you talk to your healthcare provider if you have issues that require that extreme measures you can't get away with just Flomax or other drugs um, to help you with your prostate uh, enlargement issues or prostate cancer issues then the surgical options have become wide varied and, and very successful make yourself an informed patient these are life-changing decisions so listen carefully to your health care provider feel free to get a second opinion and uh, not because it's what not what you want to hear but because you want to be informed and make good informed decisions on the treatment so 
with that. And last but not least, uh, mental health. We found that there's certain kinds of um, electrical stimulation, TMS to the brain, that can we knew has affected things like depression for a long time. But now there's great, it looks like anxiety and a lot of other issues related to mental health. The, uh, there's called the SAINT system of TMS, that stimulation along the neural pathways can create a lot of relief for people without the use of prescription drugs. So a fast fact here, uh, they found that there's a link between constipation and Alzheimer. Who would have thought? And if you can remember when you go to the bathroom, if it's more than two to three days between normal voiding of your bowels or bowel movement, then you definitely need to talk to your healthcare provider, increase your fiber, do all those things, but find out what the problem is because they found that gut microbes and their relationship to the immune issues and that are related to brain chemistry that affects Alzheimer's. So that's something you definitely want to get ahead of when you're younger. Prevention truly is much, much better than cure. So living despite the cure is what a lot of physicians used to say in the old days. And it's true, you know, live despite the treatment sometimes can be a very painful experience. Prevention's much easier. I'd rather lose 15 pounds like I did and not have to have the side effects of uh, different uh, GERDs or reflux uh, medications by just not eating as much and eating a better diet and increasing my fiber intake, losing that weight. And I haven't had GERDs for 20 years. So in my 60s, I'm in much better shape than my 40s when it came to that. And that saved me a lot of money. It saved me a lot of side effects. And it wasn't that difficult. It was at first, any diet is. But diet's a lifestyle. It's not something you do for a short time. It's how you change your eating patterns. And as we know, exercise, eating, sleeping, and stress reduction are the keys to good health any way you cut it based on anything that normal humans will face health-wise. So I want to talk about my main topic here, and that is social media and its effects on health. If you look at young people, because they're the best cohort, the best group to study, we've found certainly since COVID-19, I was reminded of this in a sermon today, which was interesting on mental health. You don't hear that a lot. Uh, Very well balanced, and I'm thankful for that. But you find that 50% of teenagers that spend more than 10 hours a week on social media, and think about that, 10 hours a week, it's an hour and a half a day. I mean, most kids spend a lot more than that on social media and their phone. What they find is they have depression. And so a lot of that, why why is that? We have to, what's the root cause? The actual phone or computer aren't sending out any kind of weird brain waves. It's the effects it has on how we have relationships. Kids and adults now, more and more so, look at the Facebook, and I'm just using that as an example, no offense to Facebook, their Facebook life versus their real life. <coughs> People put things, you know, happy family, great vacations, wonderful new cars, big houses, and we certainly see that inundated by celebrities. 
And people start to compare themselves with that unrealistic picture because their lives aren't really like that. <coughs> Excuse me, allergy season. But I can tell you, when you start that comparing yourself with unrealistic comparisons, it leads to <coughs> a reduced self-image and self-worth. That can lead to anxiety, which can long-term lead to depression. So we want to be very careful with that. I want to tell your kids, knock it off. Too much of that <coughs> is really a problem. So the other thing is we're starting to create relationships, quote, friends, your Facebook friends or your Instagram friends or your Twitter friends or whatever that are much broader, which there's nothing wrong with that. That's kind of good and hopefully more diverse, but they're much shallower. You're only sharing really interesting parts of your life and not your real life. Whereas real relationships, person-to-person -person relationships, your friends, your fellow students, your co-workers, uh, your, your church members, uh, your basketball league uh, cohort, all those things, you spend time. And that time you spend becomes real because you'll see them not in their Facebook persona, but their real persona, their ups and downs, their problems with their work, their struggles with their school, their issues with relationships. And that bonds you to other human beings. That's how we were created. We're social. We're not meant to be isolated. We are herd animals. So you need to be careful about that and make sure you mix your social media life, and again, there's some wonderful things about social media, with your real life, and that you don't confuse the two as being in any way equivalent or as the same picture. One is a movie that tells a story of your life. That's personal relationships that become deep and involved and, and rich, whereas the others are just snapshots that many times are photoshopped, so to speak, and that they're just taken at specific times and that some of the worst relationships I've ever seen in real life, you know, they're always holding hands and hugging and PDA and on Facebook when their real relationships are terrible. The other thing that does, I think, is make us uh, marketers are smart to use that. They put pressure on you and they start early and young to make you designer conscious. You know, you're never going to be Kim Kardashian or a celebrity or an influencer unless you wear this brand or that brand or this designer. I mean, you got kids that are brand conscious, you know, that are seven, eight, nine, ten 10 years old. That's crazy. You know, I was lucky to get a pair of pants, much less a brand on them. They were Sears brand. And I'm not saying that that's, uh, there's anything wrong with that. And some of those brands are wonderful things and have great qualities. But to focus on that and how your friends view you based on what you wear, what you drive, uh, where you work, whether you're a kid or an adult, is pressure that creates real anxiety. Don't compare yourself with others. You're a unique human being. You were made and created to solve one of the world's great problems and what that problem is, whether it's entertaining people or coming up with a cure for cancer or becoming the best encourager and coach ever or a wonderful teacher or a healthcare provider or whatever it is, the best 
house painter that ever lived, that, that's a wonderful thing. And I'm convinced that God really has created us to be like that. And people are very fulfilled that have some measure of spirituality, that have a measure of contentment and peace, that don't compare themselves with others. All those things together, you need to balance out whereas social media is very addictive and the algorithms make it addictive. And you have to be careful, just like gambling or drugs or substance abuse or alcoholism or tobacco use, there's parts of our brain that are easily manipulated into an addictive pattern. And social media's algorithms are very sophisticated and they're made to do that. So you need to be careful. You need to use the good parts Bullying is another horrible problem that leads to such a terrible increase in teen insecurity and isolation and even suicides that have been incredibly on the increase. Uh, and the increased stress we're even finding has caused people under 50 to have higher rates of cancer. They believe there's a link to that long-term anxiety and stress. I'm not saying that's social media doing all that, but it is a contributor. So be careful. Sit down and talk with your family or your friends uh, how to best use social media because it's like the internet. It can be used for good or it can be used for things that aren't as good. So keep that in mind, but it's a powerful influence on your health. And one of the good influences is you can find a lot of information. And what, be careful, a lot of social, social media information is terrible and wrong and dangerous in the health field. But it should make you ask questions of your healthcare provider and look at realistic, good websites on the internet by, by great universities and WebMD and Harvard Health and Mayo Clinic Health that can really help you and your healthcare provider have a healthier, happier, better of quality of life you. So with that, in episode 26 on social media, Appreciate you all. Appreciate my almost 60,000 listeners and my several thousand viewers. Subscribe to my channel on YouTube or on Facebook or, or uh, TikTok or Instagram because I appreciate you and I want to keep doing this. Uh, I love it. It's, uh, it's my phase of semi-retirement and I really feel like one of the things I was meant to do is let you have better health through health and wellness information. So have a great day. Thank you. Remember, send your comments and questions to Dr. Frank at mdswpod at gmail.com.